0: Ah, all right. I am live. This is my first time going live on YouTube. So bear with me if I am like looking around a little bit because I want to make sure that I can see any comments. And I'm there. Perfect. Comments. Awesome. All right, guys. I am excited tonight to talk to you guys a little bit about a topic that I run into a lot as a nutrition coach um, from people that have come to me from different programs, different diet plans. And also from, um, obviously that maybe leave me not into a good place. They leave me a little bit prematurely because it's really, really hard to lose weight, but it's even harder to experience weight regain. So I'm just going to double check that I'm actually live and everybody can see me and hear me. So I'm going to double check with Scott here. Scott, am I, Scott, am I good? Am I good? Can they hear and see me? Hear and see me. Just want to make sure that everybody can hear and see me before I start talking. Um, and I think I am. This will be my first time. This is my uh my intro to YouTube Live. So and and it's honestly Cheryl, just wait, make sure he can see you. Nobody's on it, anyways. Just gonna have a conversation with myself. <laughs> All right. I'm going to hope I'm live. I hope you guys can all see me and I'm going to get rolling. So as I started talking, a lot of people that have come to me have in the past experience, I tried this diet, I lost weight, I regained it, and now I tried it again and it just doesn't seem to be as effective as the first time. Now I'm seeing some viewers pop on, so that must mean that you guys can see me. Awesome. Cool. Um, And also I experience this with people that leave me a little bit prematurely. Maybe they leave me in a fat loss phase, but they don't do the, the proper exit strategies So tonight I'm going to go over a couple of things in terms of why we do see weight regain uh, post-fat loss phase and how to obviously beat it. And before I kind of go into that, I want to explain to you guys a little bit about where I'm coming from. Um, And a lot of you guys maybe have, you know, listened to my podcast in the past. Maybe you know a little bit about my story. Um, But I often like to think about when I was a kid. And, you know, obviously, you know, we all have, maybe not obviously, but some people have struggled with their and since they were a younger child. And here's where the chat came That's so funny. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be so distracted today because I'm trying to do this for the first time. Um, thank you, Scott. I appreciate you so much. Um, but as I was saying, so growing up, I didn't have the healthiest upbringing in terms of food. I honestly... The only two vegetables I ate were iceberg lettuce smothered in ranch dressing and maybe broccoli smothered in velveta cheese. Um, I really didn't have a lot of nutrition knowledge in terms of how to build a balanced meal. However, as a young adult into my teenage years, I watched my family who were all overweight trying to diet in different ways, whether it was Weight Watchers or Atkins or the 1200 calorie diet or crazy workout programs or whatever these things. I was exposed to a lot of diets and never really exposed to what it looked like to eat healthy. So I just assume that if you're eating like I did, you're eating normal. And if you're eating like them, you're eating to lose weight. Never did I learn how to just like eat for being healthy. And this is a hard thing for people to get understanding. My cat's going to come say hello, by the way. He likes to say hi to everybody. Um, But this is a hard concept for people to understand is because everybody wants to learn how to lose weight, but they don't want to learn how to maintain it. And maintaining weight is very, very important. So that's why I wanted to bring that up because a lot of us don't really know we go, we go from one extreme to the other. And that's essentially what I did. I was 19 years old and I decided I was going to change my life and I was going to get healthy. And I went from one extreme, which is eating whatever I wanted to eating super, super healthy. And so it's, it's why i kind of developed this, this passion for nutrition because I knew how much it changed my life and learning the right way to do things. And I wanted to share that with everybody else. So here is the diet dilemma. And that's what I'm going to start with today. Cause that's going to be the most important part. Okay. The diet dilemma is this. We know we have a goal. We know that we've put on weight. We know that we want to lose weight. Um, and we look at all these extreme measures for doing those things. And some maybe aren't even that extreme. Maybe you are following a very structured, sustainable plan. But we're looking for ways to lose weight. And in the beginning, it's exciting. And even throughout the process, it can be exciting. You can be super motivated because you're seeing results. And whenever you step on the scale and you're like, boom another pound down it motivates you to keep doing that work but what happens after you get to your goal or maybe you're losing weight for a long period of time and all of a sudden things start to slow down a little bit and you're not seeing that fast progress you're not getting that dopamine hit every time you step on the scale anymore the motivation dwindles the excitement dwindles and and now you're left in this place of frustration of okay i'm doing all this work and i'm not getting any more results or man, I've been eating the same thing for the last two years of my life. At some point, I want to be able to change and be able to eat other things. So the diet dilemma is this, is that people are so conditioned to focus on the diet. They don't look at sustainable lifestyle changes. And that's not always sexy and it's not always fun, but there are some problems that go on, go along with being in this diet mindset. Now, as I mentioned, tonight's topic is how to stop losing and gaining the same 10 pounds because a lot of people, it might be more than 10 pounds. It could be 20 pounds. It could be 30 pounds, but we often have experienced at some point, well, I was doing really well and then X happened. Okay. Um, and maybe that's five pounds, maybe that's 10 pounds, maybe that's 20 or 30 pounds. But the first thing that I'm going to start with is before I go into those things is to ask yourself, did you really lose 10 pounds? And I say that because some people associate a successful 10 pound drop in doing a 30 day, you know, some type of a quick fix plan where they lose weight really, really quickly. In which case you are not losing fat. You are losing a lot of water. You are losing a lot of other things, but you're losing a minimal amount of fat. So you probably only realistically, realistically lost about two or three pounds. So I would not call somebody that, um, lost about 10 pounds in a 30-day period, somebody that has actually lost and gained the same weight. Yeah, I guess you could say that, but you didn't lose fat. I'm speaking to those of you guys that have done this first significant amount of time, saw results, and then slowly that weight kind of crept back up. And we're going to talk about why that happens tonight. So first and foremost, if you did lose weight and put it back on, you know it wasn't just this quick 30-day thing, is let's talk about some of the things that happen when we actually lose weight. First thing is metabolism, okay? People that are overweight or not overweight or whatever, metabolism is a big buzzword. Oh, my metabolism's broken or I I can't eat anything or I gain weight because my metabolism is so slow and sluggish. Guys, dieting and especially chronic dieting has a negative impact on your metabolic rate. As we lose weight, we eat less calories. We also burn less calories. So our metabolic rate slows down to match that. And there are some things we can do to ensure that we are preventing that as long as possible and also to offset it after the fat loss phase, if things are put in place the right way. But metabolic adaptations are a part of a fat loss phase. And if we do diet too often, too chronically, too much, we are going to see those things happen a lot worse. And it makes it really hard for you guys to transition into just eating regularly and not putting on weight because You know, if you know that, you know, your, your calorie intake right now to lose weight is 1200 calories, it's going to make it really hard for you to enjoy eating more than 1200 calories. So that's why it's really, really important to make sure that your plan for fat loss is the right type of plan. So metabolic changes are huge. Physiological changes are also a part of losing weight. So as we change our body composition, we lose fat, we build muscle, we are going to be seeing some positive physiological changes, but also some negative ones. If we are chronically underfed, we, march, we will start to see changes in our hormone profile. We're gonna see changes in our other, um, other things with our metabolism. So we wanna make sure that we're also addressing the physiological changes. Things like leptin and ghrelin are our hunger and satiety hormones. Those things are going to go a little haywire when we are in a calorie deficit. And it's going to make you crave things, especially when your body is trying to hold on to a new set point. Psychological changes, the way you think about food is going to change. So if you've been chronically restricting yourself from foods and you're also underfed, it's going to make those situations where you actually do have a little bit really hard for you to control yourself on. This is where people that do too big of calorie cuts end up with this feeling of guilt for this chronic binge restrict cycle they're putting themselves on. They're being so, so good. And then they just can't seem to control themselves around food. Why is that? Because these are all factors that I want you guys to really think about when you guys are going into a fat loss phase. And if you've been trying to struggle, if you've been struggling with your weight for a very, very long time, maybe you should ask yourself that. And I know I have some people watching live. So if you guys do have some questions there is a chat box there. I would love for you guys to put things up there because it's honestly really hard for me to talk to myself. It's, it's, I'm actually not really comfortable talking to myself, but I do it a lot on my podcasts, I know. But knowing that you guys are watching, I want to actually get some interaction here. So if you have lost weight and put it back on, I want you to think about some of these things because it's not just this willpower. I don't have willpower anymore yeah, you don't have willpower anymore because you've likely been chronically dieting for the last six to 12 months. And now your body's like, man, I just can't do this anymore. Your brain's like, I can't do this anymore. So it's really, really important to think about when you're mapping out your phases that you aren't doing too long for this or spending too long in that fat loss phase. All right. So let's kind of talk about the, the main thing that's not being addressed when it comes to this weight loss and gain problem. And this is a big part of it is the method that people are usually using to lose weight is not one that they're willing to stick to for a long time, meaning they're looking for a temporary solution or they're convincing themselves that this is the solution that they're, argu- they're arguing going to be able to stick to for a long time. For instance, things like a very low carb diet, you know, cutting out carbohydrates altogether. In fact, I got a phone recently with a woman who told me that she was eating only meat to lose weight and she lost weight and she put it all back on. And, and some, so it's like, those are the things that are not very sustainable for you. If you're going to go on these diets and you're not planning on changing your lifestyle to match that diet, then it's not likely going to be easy for you to sustain. And it's going to make it really hard for you towards the end. The things you're eating when you're losing weight should mimic the exact same things that you're going to eating when you're not losing weight. There should be no difference in your weight loss foods and your healthy foods for when you're maintaining. The only thing that should be changing is the amounts of those foods that you're eating. And that's why developing a sustainable plan that works with your lifestyle and your food preferences is so important. This is also why the amount of calories you drop also needs to be calculated in a way that is sustainable for you and that you understand the purpose of things like diet breaks and building in times where you're not always pushing, 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 you know, you can't put life on hold and put all your social events on hold just so you can lose weight. I mean, you can, but that's actually not very fun and effective, right? You know, if you're gonna tell your kids, sorry, we're not gonna celebrate birthdays this year because mom's on a diet, that's not gonna go over very well with your family. Instead of being able to say, hey, you know what, I'm gonna take this weekend, we're taking my kids to Disney World and I'm not gonna focus on my fat loss phase this weekend because I'm gonna enjoy being at Disney World with my kids and I'm gonna pick it back up where I left off on Monday morning. I'm gonna allow myself a little bit more calories this weekend because I know that that's okay. That's part of the plan. Maybe I don't make as fast a progress this week, but guess what? I'm still living my life. And so finding a sustainable method for fat loss is so important for you guys to not regain weight. So um, let's talk about a couple of reasons why the fat loss is hard to maintain post-fat loss phase, all right? The speed at which you lose weight also is going to dictate how easy or hard it is for you guys to maintain that loss. The fat loss phase as much as we want it to be, I don't want to say get in and get out. We want it to be somewhat, we want it to be productive. We don't want to be kind of like ripping the bandaid off, but we don't want to do it so quickly because the quicker we do it, the less our body has an opportunity to adapt to those changes. Whereas if we are kind of doing it in a way that's kind of down and maybe a little bit of side and then down again, a little bit of side, we had that little, little bit of linear, but then a little bit of cruise control it's going to allow our body to really adapt to those changes and not kind of always want to be going back to what's called our body weight set point. We're trying to create a new normal for our body, which isn't always normal. You have to remind yourself that what is body fat? Body fat is your body's excess energy stores. It is designed to protect protect us so that when we are in a famine, we have extra calories on bank, on on board to allow us to prevent ourselves from starving. That's why we have that. So when we are losing it, our body is getting signals like, hey, I'm running out. What am I supposed to do? It's going to try and give you those signals. That's why it's not always just this willpower thing. So the speed at which you lose weight matters. That's why the sustainable method is is so, so important. So now I want to talk to you guys and I want you guys to please, please, please post some questions up there is, is I want to talk to you guys about how to really effectively lose weight and actually keep it off. And this is the big purpose of today's episode. And I know I'm kind of reading off some notes, but it's honestly just some bullet point things because I wanted to make sure I covered the basics here, which is understanding, hey, these are some of the things that arise when we are going into a fat loss phase and what happens after the fact. And now I'm going to go over some things that you guys can be doing to utilize in your own journey to make sure that if you do decide to start cutting weight again, and you really want to go back into fat loss phase, that you're doing it the right way. Okay. So number one, before I even go into those things, I just said it. Sustainable methods no foods that you're going to eat on your diet or so foods that you're going to eat when you're not trying to lose weight should be the exact same foods that you're eating while you're trying to lose weight there are some habits around those foods that likely might need to change so maybe you are over consuming a lot of processed restaurant takeout foods and maybe you need to cut back on eating out and cooking more at home but the majority of your foods are going to be pretty much the same the only thing that's going to change is if you're trying to lose weight you've got to monitor calorie intake if you guys are watching this and it resonates with you and you do want to kind of figure out a plan for yourself, please make sure that you do, you know, put yourself in the comments block, shoot me a message after this, and then let me know. Cause I would love to be able to help you guys out with understanding, Hey, this is maybe what happened to you and how this method might work a little bit better. So the first step in establishing a sustainable fat loss phase is a little bit of metabolic priming, call it whatever you want. Um, it's essentially establishing base. You want to always be at baseline before you start dropping into a fat loss phase. Why? Okay. For a couple of reasons. If you've been chronically dieting for a long time, or you've been on a lot of yo-yo diets where you have dieted periodically and then jumped off of it, establishing base for you is so important for a physiological and mental perspective. One, most people are so afraid to eat. And then what happens is when they go off the diet, they don't want to look at how much they're eating. They don't, they don't want to see it because they don't care because they're, they're ashamed of it in an essence. So learning how to fuel your body for optimal hormones, optimal metabolism, optimal energy levels throughout your day is an important piece of a factor or important piece of the puzzle. So you want to make sure that you are going to make sure that that person is, that you're starting off in a place of like good metabolic health. Now, the question that Jameen just asked is how long these phases typically last, or is it something that's tailored for each individual through a process of experimenting? Absolutely. Number two, (laughs) process of experimenting. So there are some things that are set in stone, and there are some things that you have to use your coaching tools for. It is more of fine tuning. So you can give five cooks the same recipe, and one's going to cook it the way you like it, plain and simple. And, and that's really the, the purpose of having a coach is that not, there's no two people that are the same. I will say this to me is that the longer and the more frequent somebody's dieted, likely the longer they should be staying in a metabolic priming phase. It's usually going to take them a little bit longer. It really comes down to how the person's body responds to those changes and how they mentally respond to those changes. You know, the people that are more resistant to doing it, it usually takes a little bit longer. If a person just jumps on board and like, you know what, I've tried it my way a number of times. I'm going to do it the right way this time. For some people, I can literally do it for a week, just getting them set up at maintenance and then start dropping. It just depends on the individual and their history. By the way, your age, your hormones don't play a factor in that. However, your dietary history does. Okay. So what you've done in the past is going to dictate that. I take the age and the hormones all that into consideration when we're setting up those numbers, but The speed of you taking action and being compliant on getting yourself to baseline means you're going to increase the speed of that. And Jameen, you actually did an awesome job of that, by the way. So you want to get yourself primed and ready, okay? This also means lifestyle, okay? So you need to be establishing the lifestyle that is going to be maintenance. So essentially where you start is where you finish. So, all right, we're getting good cooking habits built in. We're cutting back on the eating out. We're cutting back on the alcohol. We're establishing... How many date nights we got to fit into the week, and and how many kid things we have to fit into the week. We're learning how to build a sustainable plan that's going to work for life. This is going to be an opportunity, guys, for you guys to learn a little bit about nutrition, to to understand, you know, reading a food label and and knowing where your calories and macronutrients are coming from, where you're getting your micronutrients from. It also helps me troubleshoot, or any coach troubleshoot what hormone things we are dealing with, what might be causing you to gain weight. That's not just you not having good self-control or self-discipline around food. We look at all those factors. So getting you into a really good place, then it's all right. We start the fat loss phase. And this is the fun part, right? This is the part that people like, well, I say fun because you are going to be a little hungry, right? You're going to be a little bit hungry, but you shouldn't be starving. And this is also why I start with priming because if you're starving, in week one, how sustainable is that going to be come week eight, 10 or 12, right? So you should start off feeling like, man, I'm not even hungry. I actually feel like I could eat less. That's a good place to be in. We want to optimize those calories. If I have a bigger calorie bank, that means we have a longer way to work. If I, if I start off too low, it's going to make that very difficult. You know, if we're starting off at 1400 calories, when our body adapts to that, where am I going to go? If I start you off at 2400 calories, when our body adapts that I now have plenty of drops that I can make. So giving yourself that opportunity to start higher is going to be the best thing for your body. So now we go into that fat loss phase. We are looking for weekly biofeedback tracking, how you're responding from an energy perspective, from a mood perspective, from all of the things that matter to you in your life. How much is it affecting your life? Along with things like sleep, digestion, your compliance, you know, so once again, going into the low calorie diet is a lot of people subconsciously become non-compliant. They are tracking things, but they're still hungry and they feel guilty because they're going to go over on their numbers and they're not logging the handful of M&Ms that they grab or the bite of the kid's macaroni and cheese or the small piece of a muffin because they're ashamed of it. Or they're like, Oh, I'm already over my numbers. I'm already whatever. And they just put it off. So we want to we want to get that, all those guilty feelings gone. We want all of that gone. We want to kind of restart back at like a fresh start. Now, that's not always comfortable because obviously most people operate on a, I want to get out of pain today. I've been, you know, overweight for so long. I've been dealing with this, you know, I, I had this party coming up. You know, I'm so tired of looking at myself in the mirror. My clothes don't fit. And they want to see results today, but results don't happen today. It takes time. It's like, I can't go into the gym and be like, I want to squat 300 pounds today if I can only squat 100. It's just not going to happen. So I have to realize, like, I've got to commit to that process. But the fat loss phase, if you prime yourself right, should be pretty smooth. It should be all right, we're checking in on biofeedback. We're watching numbers from your calories and macros. We're watching numbers on the scale. We're also looking at body composition changes and your physical appearance, how your gym workouts are feeling, how is this affecting your life, hopefully for a positive. And then we're keeping you in a level of hunger that allows you to be like, you know what? I am getting hungry between meals, but I'm not starving ever. You're not the person that's running out of macros by 3 p.m. And then you're literally chewing gum and drinking tea from 3 p.m. until you go to bed. That's not fun. So fat loss phase. And then this is where people kind of run into the problem is fat loss gets boring. It does. It's like, all right, I'm, I'm getting bored of this every single day. And you get to push like, you know what? I'm good. I think I'm good here. And that's normal. And maybe you have weight to lose still. Maybe you're not quite where you want to be. Maybe you need a break. Maybe you need to take a little bit of break. Or maybe you're like, you know what? I honestly think that this is my goal. I should stop here. I feel really good. My body feels good. I like the way I look. Okay. That's where people think the finish line is. But that's actually just the beginning. That's essentially, uh, and I love using analogies, by the way, that's essentially like you decide to go climb a mountain and you have a guide and they take you all the way up the mountain and then they get you to the top and like, all right, see you later. They take all the equipment and they just leave you out there high and dry. And you're like, okay, what am I going to do now? (laughs) That's essentially where the problem runs into and why most people regain weight and this is where the a piece of today's pod, t- podcast youtube is is really important for you guys is we have to understand how your new life needs to be for you to maintain those results and there are a few key components of this part of this is um how do you track a, a bite of taster food you track it you just track it and you don't stress about it if you had a bite of macaroni and cheese you log a, you know, an eighth of a cup of macaroni and cheese. You had a half a muffin, you log half a muffin, but those calories do count. Okay. So that was a good question, Marcy. But now back on to this part of it that everybody fails to finish. Okay. Is one, as I mentioned earlier, metabolic adaptation does happen as we lose weight. And when you're in that place, like, you know what? I think I'm good here. Most people just stay eating the same amount of calories. And that gets boring really, really quickly. And now they don't have a coach or they're no longer motivated to lose weight anymore. So slowly they're like, you know what? I'm going to just have this tonight. And then, oh, that's so good. And then they do it again. And then they do it again. And then, so one of the problems is a person is living on these deficit calories. Their body adapts, adapts that becomes their new maintenance calories. And now they're trying to incorporate more foods, but they're not really getting their metabolism actually built back up to a good place to handle those volume of foods. And this is also where people start to run into this binge restrict cycle. And it's, it's not even necessarily quote unquote binge. It's, it's the weekend warriors. All of a sudden they're now more frequently seeing that their weekends are less dialed in. And then this is usually what will happen is let's just say a person's goal weight is 135 pounds. She gets to 135 pounds, um, and she doesn't do the reverse part of this, and all of a sudden the weekend starts coming up. and she notices now on Monday mornings, her weight jumps up to 139 after her weekends. But every week on Wednesday, it comes back down. She's, she expects that. This is how people regain weight. Is it's not that Monday weight that matters. That Wednesday weight slowly starts creeping up. So if her low when she was finishing her fat loss was 135, her weekends happen. This week, her, her Wednesday low might be 135.9. Next week, it's going to be 136.2 at why? Yeah, weekends kill a lot of people. And it's why they need a sustainable method. Um, and then the following is going to be 137. So suddenly, all of a sudden, that new low is now becoming higher and higher and higher. And this is great for those of you guys going into the holidays, because people think the holidays is when you gain weight. And you don't, it's the weight you don't lose after the holidays that gains weight. And every single year that weight packs on. So that's the problem with things like the holidays and and this part of it as well. So we want to make sure that calorie restoration is a part of the process. And I'll be honest, I have clients that try and leave me in a fat loss phase. And I'm like, hey, if this is where we're ending, then I'm going to be honest with you, the next four weeks, we're working on maintenance. We're working on bringing you back up to maintenance. Because I need for a client to experience eating at maintenance calories in order for them to understand why it's so important for them to maintain at a higher amount of calories. Because let's just say they weren't finished and they want to go back into a fat loss phase. I would be doing them a disservice by not getting them into a good metabolic place so that when they do decide to come back to fat loss, they know that they can do it on higher calories and not lower calories. We want to prevent that metabolic adaptation as much as as possible. So... So part, so part one of this uh, lifestyle integration is restoring calories, making sure that you are in a good place. Part two of this is really identifying, you know, your triggers or your, your red flags. So what do you struggle with? What was your issue before you started the fat loss phase? Was it eating out too much? Was it being too busy and not prioritizing your nutrition? Was it just lack of knowledge? Was it, you know, The BLTs, as Marcy mentioned about the bite or taste of food, were you grabbing random things? Are you a stress eater? Do you tend to do the weekend warrior things? It's identifying your red flags because beyond fat loss, you have to be very mindful of those red flags. You have to know how to protect yourself from regaining the weight. And likely those things are something that you're always going to be, have to be aware of. And I can use another analogy, guys, and maybe a more serious one is think about alcoholism why don't alcoholics go into bars? Because they don't want to tempt themselves. And I'm not saying that you're going to have to eventually just say, I'm not going to go out to eat ever again, but you have to understand what environments start to trigger you into those old habits. And how frequently do you have to practice willpower or should you practice willpower before it ends up being too much? So we want to make sure we find that for you guys. Um, I got the red flags, got the calories. All right. As I said, if you found a sustainable method for losing weight, the only thing that should really be changing in your lifestyle beyond weight loss is the amounts of food you're eating, which I already mentioned, the the calories and the macros going up. However, another big piece of this for a lot of people is your core values. So all of my clients learn how to weigh and track their food. Why? Because that is the best tool that you guys can have. It gives you so much education and knowledge on what's going in your food, what's going in your mouth and how those foods are affecting your body, your energy, your hormones, all of those types of things. The more educated you are on what's going in your mouth, the more likely you are to sustain your progress. The less likely you are to to take the time to learn things, the more likely you are to eat things and not even realize how they are causing issues in your body composition changes and all that stuff. So we always have that as a part of my curriculum. However, beyond coaching in that final month, we want to know what type of life do you see for yourself beyond working on your fat loss? Do you enjoy tracking your food? Do you like the way it feels to have that? Do you, do you like being able to practice flexibility? For some people, they do. And guess what? There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. If you want to track your food at maintenance, do it. Don't let anybody tell you that you should not be able to track your food because you're not, you shouldn't be that concerned about it. You're not concerned about it. You just track your food. It's a habit. That's it. No big deal. Think of it like this. Some people check their bank account every day. Others don't. Is the person that checks their bank account every day wrong? No. They just check their bank account. It's the same thing. Some people really like it. It's a part of their day. It's a part of their structure. You know, you check your schedule every day. You, you check where you're going to be. Your food is important. And honestly, I'm a big proponent for people tracking their food. Now, that's not for everybody. Some people want to move into a more intuitive way of eating, but that also means that that needs to be built into the final phase of your fat loss plan. Will you change your foods? If you're not tracking your foods, they shouldn't change much. The only thing that changes is how dialed in you are on the amounts of them and the frequency of them. If you're shifting into an intuitive eating form of eating, the goal is that with you, of being tra- with you tracking your food and being so dialed in for so long, that you shouldn't really have to track it. It should almost become intuitive for you to eat the right things. And this is also where people don't spend enough time in the fat loss phase. They rush it too much and they revert back to old habits and old foods. They don't let those things stick. And you should be developing a plan that allows you to realize that these foods are now enjoyable. I didn't always eat this way as I started this conversation. Because my diet when I grew up was like, Freaking chicken fingers, fried and and macaroni and cheese, and lots of desserts. I had dessert every single day. I mean, I think I had dessert for breakfast. <laughs> I had dessert for lunch. Like I drinking soda. Like I didn't. I don't even think I touched water unless it was Kool Aid. Like I. But I don't eat that way at all anymore. I don't even drink my calories. I drink diet soda. By the way, this is diet A and B root beer. So, I mean, the main thing is like you have to recognize that you know you you have to realize that the changes that you made are going to stick however the structure is going to be built on you what kind of structure do you need and and you have to really ask yourself about the vulnerability of your of yourself of your mental health of your habits so how vulnerable are you once again the shorter the term of fat loss the more likely you are to revert those people that have done this for years they're not going to revert back because it's just ingrained in them you know i i enjoy and look forward to everything that i eat but if you'd have asked me when I was 19 years old to eat a kale salad for lunch, I'd have been like, the hell is kale? I would not have touched it. So um, it's it's really just important for you guys to understand that this has got to be sustainable beyond that. So if you're going to go into intuitive eating, practicing, like I like to tell people to like, "Hey, what we're going to do today is you're not going to track your food at all. You're going to write it down and let's see how close to your macros you were. Because intuitive eating, I'm going to be honest, is kind of bullshit unless you've ever not intuitively ate because intuitively you're going to eat what you're you're, you're accustomed to eating. So if you feed a kid a donut every single morning for breakfast, guess what he's going to want every single morning for breakfast? A donut. If you feed a kid eggs and spinach for breakfast every single morning, since he was an infant, what's he going to expect for breakfast every morning? Eggs and spinach. So you have to recognize that you're going to change that intuition based on what your environment and or what you're being fed is. And that the goal of your fat loss phase is that you are establishing new exciting foods. This is also why, going back to sustainability, that the foods you eat while you're losing weight are the same ones that you should be eating when you're not trying to lose weight. Nothing should really change. Maybe because you have more calories, you have more flexibility. You can have a little bit more dessert. You can have the crumble cookie. You can go out a little bit more frequently and be free because you're in maintenance mode now. You have more calories. So, um, all right. So that was my main thing today. And I wanted to kind of share that with everybody on YouTube, because this is something that's really, really passionate to me is that, you know, one of my biggest goals as a coach is that when clients leave me, they don't regain weight. And, you know, and I know that some of my clients that have experienced that because they left me prematurely prematurely, and they came back to me and I'm really proud of them for doing it the right way the second time around, because it is so important for people to be able to maintain What good is it to be lean for one season and then have to work that hard all over again? If you're going to put the work in to lose the weight, put the work in on how to maintain it. So before I close up, I just want to know if anybody has any other questions, LDY, Marcy, Jameen, anybody else that's watching. I see a lot of people watching. So don't be afraid to ask, even if it's not pertaining to weight loss, nutrition, Well, if any of you guys out there could also just leave me some comments in terms of if this was helpful for you, if there's other topics that you want me to talk about, um, tonight I wanted to really keep it somewhat, obviously this is my, and bear with me guys, this is my first time doing it alive. So Scott is experimenting with me on this as well. Um, I'll get my shit together. I'll make it more organized. Uh, but I really did want to talk to you guys a lot about this. Cause like I said, it's something I'm very passionate about. Um, making sure that if you guys are going to put the work in on the fat loss phase, that you guys can definitely feel like you are going to be able to maintain it long-term and remind yourself. This is that the biggest thing that you need is accountability. And if you have a hard time keeping yourself accountable, find a coach that you can stay in touch with. That's the main thing. Larry, laugh out loud. Can I add workouts in app? Oh, are you Larry? Is that who LDY is? I didn't know that Larry. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yes, you can add workouts in the app, um, but you don't have to. Make sure that if you are adding... So Larry's asking me a MyFitnessPal question, I think. If you are adding workouts in MyFitnessPal, and even if you're not a client of mine, make sure the the exercise calories are turned off. We don't want those adding calories back in because remember, we don't earn our food. We deserve our food. (laughs) So... I love that. Anything else, guys? Nada. 10 people watching. Got a little bit of engagement. My app. Yes, you can. Totally fine. If you wear an Apple Watch, you can sync your Apple Watch with it too. Whatever. You're going to see on my check-in form, Larry, that I ask you about your workouts. So when you you fill that out, it'll ask you about your workouts. So I kind of get an idea for that. I'm a pretty good I'm a pretty good coach at reading things I, I feel like I uh, sometimes I'm a little bit of a mind reader I, I guess things pretty well. well this was kind of fun I like the YouTube live I don't know how this is gonna look actually as I see it on my on my feed but we'll see and like I said there's a lot of talking and stuff in there so um, well guys I am gonna sign off and if you guys have anything else you want to ask me um, please like I said feel free to put it in the comments. Um, and I will like, obviously look forward to doing more of these more frequently and hopefully getting them into my Facebook group as well, uh, which is honestly normally where I do these. So if you guys want to jump into my Facebook group, join in there, Fit Body Secrets. And, um, that's pretty much it guys. Have an amazing Tuesday evening and I will talk to y'all soon.